we had a meeting in the Twin Cities and we sat down and I asked you, has any of your students ever gone into agriculture? <laughs> looked confused and concerned and said no. And we had a conversation that the end being that I was eclectic and you nailed it. Beyond the Nest, University of Minnesota Rochester's alumni podcast. I'm Marco Land, UMR Director of Alumni and Development Relationships. In today's Season 3 finale, 2020 graduate Bradley Craker catches up with his student success coach, Anna Ribakoskis. The two chat about what brought Bradley to UMR, his rather unique career path, and the advice he has for Raptor undergraduates. Currently, Bradley is the owner-operator of British Automotive Specialties, a business he and his father started a little over a year ago. And now, let's check in with Anna and Bradley. What brought you to UMR in the first place? How did you end up at UMR? So, when I was in high school, I had a microscope, and I, I got really into science, and uh when I toured campuses, Rochester was the most science-oriented campus overall. And so that was really the biggest reason I chose them. But another huge reason was that I graduated a class of 24 here in Hebron, now in the middle of nowhere. So coming to Rochester, I mean, Rochester was, one, the only real science-oriented campus I saw, but it was also the, the only campus that I had a chance at being another part of a class of around 24, you know, like where I could get to know all my students or all my classmates rather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember one of our very first meetings and you told me about your microscope and you also asked, when can I take microbiology? And mm -hmm. then I remember talking you through like the prerequisites you would need. And you were like, no, 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 no. Like how fast can I get microbiology on my schedule? That's and right. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, the first two years of UMR were the hardest because they were they were the classes I had to take in order to get to the classes I wanted. And after that, it was all review. You know, I took microbiology. That was pretty much all review. I took biochemistry, all review. I took so like I was pretty lucky that I had a home field advantage for those later classes. You know, another big part of it was that I took a job as a UAA. That was huge. And I wouldn't have done that if, if UAAs were like most teaching assistants, but I had the great fortune to be able to sit and explain concepts alongside the instructor. And that was that, that built my relationship with instructors more than anything, because I did it for both math and biology. So I met like the faculty for all of those classes. Yeah. How many years did you UAA? I started in my second year. So I think like I, you could say I officially UAA'd for two years. And then my last year, I was gone for a semester. And the last semester, I was doing in uh, a directed study. So I wasn't quite a UAA. My role was to watch the instructor instead of the students. So that was that was interesting, too, because that was the first class I'd ever had. The, the objective was to learn how to teach, not learn what was being taught. So it was really interesting. Yeah, That was my directed study with Dr. Kelsey Metzger. And she's amazing. If you were to kind of sum some of your like key experiences that have maybe like shaped things you know about yourself, what lands on that list for you? Taking the exams was was something that like before an exam, you get this feeling in your chest and your heart's pumping. And there's two ways to approach that. Either you get really stressed out and you say, oh, my God, you know, it's I'm, I'm really stressed out. And my heart's beating where you say, well, look, 
I have a reason for my heart to be beating. This is a moment where I decide how well my degree progresses. This is a formative moment. And those exams, I, I get that same feeling today, even when I like say just last week, I had an insurance inspector here. Better believe I had that exam feeling because all the day before and the day before that, I'm walking around here. I'm making sure I've got nothing that an inspector would come and want to shut me down for. Those moments helped me realize, hey, this is this is something that is important. And it allows me to clear my mind and, and move forward with that marker. So in, in other words, to, to tie all that up, my time at UMR taking those exams, it gave me that marker in my mind to, to know when to take a breath and, and realize that, yeah, this is something really important that's about to happen. Because <laughs> that happened in my life. And, and a way to like kind of show your best or show the preparation that you did put it put into that, right? I'm shine. You know, your heart's pumping because you got to get every ounce of energy up to that noggin of yours to solve whatever problems come your way. And problems don't stop. That's <laughs> no matter what you in life. What did you develop from being a UAA all those years that maybe you have taken with you or now know about yourself? <laughs> being a UAA woke up something in myself because before I came to Rochester, I had never tried to teach anyone anything, right? And once I started working with students and explaining things to them that they tell me that they just can't get, I realized that I have an ability to explain things. Before that, I thought my talent was to just understand everything. And no, that's not really the case. My talent is to explain stuff, even if it's to myself. If I can explain it to myself, I can explain it to other people. And that's, you know, that, that's where my, I would say... I changed the most. I went from thinking, oh, I'm just a genius to saying, no, well, I have a, I have an ability to regurgitate concepts really well. And so that's that flexibility you can use in a lot of ways. I, I, I still use it for tutoring. I still tutor a little bit, but mostly I use it to explain to customers like in my auto business, what's wrong with their vehicle, what's causing the issues that they have and what I intend to do about it to make sure it never comes back. Over this past weekend, UMR celebrated the accomplishments of its growing number of December graduates. Held at what will be UMR's new Student Life Center, the celebration featured tributes from friends, family, staff, and faculty, and served as an opportunity for UMR's newest alumni to connect before heading off into the next phase of life. To our December graduates, congratulations. What are you doing now? So what I do right now is I'm an owner operator for British Automotive Specialties. I started this business with my father and we're the only two employees here. So he still works full time at a dealership, but he's stepping down more and more as customers come up and up here because well, he works there. I solve things here Uh, for the we've been doing this for a year. We've owned the business a little more than a year and I've only owned the building for about six months now. And Almost all those six months have been spent just improving the building. Uh, I bought it for way below market value, but that's because it was a fixer-upper. So I had a lot to do. Uh, but that's, that's the beauty of it. I, uh, I have a lot of time because I'm, I'm the sole employee here, aside from my father, and I don't have to pay myself anything. So I'm able to get things done very cheap. And uh, that allows me to serve customers with very little overhead. So once I serve a customer once... It's almost a no-brainer they come here again because it's half the price of a dealership and the same exact guy who would be serving it at a dealership. So it's it's been working out pretty well. Uh, I serve Land Rovers. 
So Land Rovers, Jaguars mostly, because that's what my father does. And uh, ideally, I try and find customers that have a couple so that we can service a fleet of their cars. So every customer is like a two for one, you know. But um, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's been interesting. I, I, I can talk a bit about how I got here from my degree in health sciences. I would uh, love to hear that journey. You are like the king of transferable skills. So <laughs> I am sure. <laughs> well, it, it turns out that though, that makes me really suited for management. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so when I graduated UMR uh, with my health sciences degree, I took two jobs. One of them was as an intern at the University of Twins, the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. I was working in the biology department doing uh, qualitative data analysis. So basically, you get written survey responses. It's my job to turn those survey responses into numbers that can be measured by categorizing them, basically. I mean, that's that's the simplest way I can put it. And uh, the overall goal of the project I was a part of was to build a uh, a teach like a program to train a graduate student teaching teaching assistants. So um, yeah, it was cool, but it was it was only for a summer. And at the same time, I was doing that, I took a job at the dealership because I, I the, the internship didn't pay me very much at all, and the I needed to make some money. So I started working at the same dealership as my father. Uh, and uh, when the internship, when the quantitative data analysis dried up. I just continued working at the dealer. About a year ago, I quit that job and I took my savings and I did this. I invented British Automotive Specialties, LLC. And then I made another business, Great Lakes Works, to own the property. So I'm my own landlord. It's mm-hmm. awesome. The best landlord I've ever had. <laughs> I'm also the best tenant I've ever had. I have I another can... tenant the building across my lot, but uh, he's not as good as me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can see your initiative and your problem-solving nature and your relationship-building skills have all taken you in a pretty good direction. You got to be able to build a relationship. When a customer comes out here, they often have to drive an hour or more. And that's how far they'd have to drive to get to a dealership. That's part of the reason I'm able to do this is because there's a huge demand for the service I'm providing. So I got to be nice to them. I got to be buddy-buddy. And I, I learned... When I was in college, I took a job at Advanced Auto Parts and I was a sales associate. So that's where I learned how to deal with people and how to work with a customer. And I learned in that job, you're going to sell, you catch more flies with honey. You're going to sell the most stuff if you're genuinely trying to help the person you're selling to. A person's going to tell right away if you're trying to feed them some line of malarkey. And that's true in auto sales. That's true in parts sales, which is what I did my part-time job at the, when I worked at university. And that's true for, I think, teaching people too. I think one of the reasons I was a good tutor is that I genuinely wanted to help the student. I wasn't there to collect some money and I wasn't there to, I don't know. I I was there because I wanted those students to succeed, that I understood that could make the difference between them being a doctor or not. And uh, that meant a lot to me. UMR would like to hear from you. Please visit this episode's show notes for how to connect and share your UMR journey. Now back to the conversation as Bradley shares advice for current students and chats about how to build confidence. Today, I, you know, I I don't have such a grandeur story. My my difference is making sure a customer can get to work or not or, or paying a fair price for service. But 
I plan on getting back into education. I'd like to do some some philanthropy if I can make enough money here. <laughs> what does that vision look like? So yeah, my, I've basically never dropped the idea that I want to have an impact, but you know, somewhere along the way, looking at jobs in education and applying for jobs in education, I started to realize that the way it's set up right now, the kind of impact I want to have, I'm not sure one person can achieve that by working in education. The kind of impact I want to have is bigger than that. And so that's part of why I'm doing this. This is the only way that I can think to generate enough capital to make, to do what I want to do in education. What I'd like to do is come back and and operate as like a board on a university and help fund a university, if not create one outright. But that's kind of, it's far off, you know, and honestly, day to day here in the business, I've always got stuff. I'm always just treading water. It's just like a university. You know, I remember sitting down in between meetings with you saying like, look, I don't know what I'm going to do after college. I'm just treading water. If so, if you had told me then that, hey, you're going to own your own business and you're going to have problems to solve every day, you know, any hour of the day, my phone can ring and it'll be some game breaking problem that I've got to figure out. And uh, I don't know. It's I, I love it. When you look back on your journey, like what advice do you have for your younger self along the way? I'd say first and foremost, have a plan for if your plan doesn't work out, have a backup, right? Have an idea of what you're going to do if things go wrong. You know, I didn't have a plan for if I decided I didn't want to do MLS. I didn't have a plan for if my excursion to the Twin Cities didn't work out. I didn't have a plan for, you know, until there was just the plan has to change sometimes. And if you're not flexible enough, that's going to hurt you. The other thing is the explore opportunities. You know, the biggest thing in Rochester, there was, there was so many opportunities. I got to do so many things and I could have done so much more. And so that's the other thing I'd say to myself is that being in Rochester, I mean, most of the people that I think are going to listen to this are potent, are students at Rochester take advantage of the opportunities that you have because it's not going to last forever. Eventually you're going to be graduated and those doors will close. I mean, there's going to be new doors open, but you only got one shot to make the most of college. How do you develop that confidence? Like where does that come from? It comes from experiencing success. And the only way you can get there is by working really hard. You got to apply yourself, like whatever you do, try to be good at it. You know, what else is the point of doing it? And once you, your confidence comes from observation, it comes from observing that you're succeeding. And if you're not confident, it might be for a valid reason. You might not be succeeding, right? And there's things, but there's things you can do about it. After working in education, I don't believe that there's anyone who doesn't have the potential to be great at whatever they do. If you work hard enough at it, you will get better at it. And eventually you'll be good enough to feel good about it. <laughs> this business, put in one more plug for your business. I don't think the listeners will be coming anytime soon, but maybe. You never know. So it's British Automotive Specialties. If you Google that, our website will come up. It's www.skipsbritish.com. Skip is my father. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm working on this business with him. And eventually I'd like to start moving more towards education again. But until then, I'm getting a solid footing underneath this business and yeah. If you if you have a Land Rover and you feel that you're paying too much at a dealership, maybe you should give us a try. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. 
Right. Any other final thoughts that you have here as you reflect on your kind of journey and the impact of UMR on that journey? One, one of the best parts about the students that wanted to be doctors and therapists and, and healthcare professionals in general was that they wanted to help people. The best educators I ever met wanted to help people. And the best salesmen I ever met wanted to help people. I don't think that this is a coincidence. If you spend your time trying to help people, things are going to work out for you. That's probably the only major overall reflection I can think of from UMR. And that's one of the biggest things that comes to mind is that like, it was a science campus. Yeah. But it was a campus about people trying to use science to make people healthier, to help people get better. That's, that's what makes UMR a great place. Thank you to Bradley and Anna for their fascinating conversation on Bradley's unique path after graduating from Rochester. And thank you for listening to Beyond the Nest, UMR's alumni podcast. We will return in the new year with a new season, a season focused on the history of UMR. Over the course of five episodes, we will examine how UMR came to be, the personalities behind the push to build campus from scratch, and the choices UMR's founding generation made that makes this campus one of the most innovative in the country. Until then, toodaloo.